This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 188, sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service and the Netflix. Hey 
Hey, welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 188. I don't know why, but that number feels important. I am Josh Flanning, and I'm here with Connor. Hello. And Ron. You're far too uh, cognizant of the episode numbers, I think. Just I let, like it, it. let it roll. It's going to be a new one every week. I know that. I know. <laughs> and they don't need to all be referencing something, although this makes you think of Back to the Future. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm saying. Numbers <sighs> make you think of things like songs or anything else, and I like 88 because they're they're... Because they don't need roads when you have 88. Yeah. Well, let's see if these <laughs> bastards can do 88, which is not very fast as far as the vehicle goes. Really uh, not. iFanboy.com is a website about comic books that we three here started. We did that because we like comic books. Every week we read a whole lot of them, and then one of us, we take turns in alternating third weeks to pick the one that they enjoyed the most that week that's that's all there is to it we call that the pick of the week then we write a review about it that goes up on a wednesday night and we come here and talk about it on the podcast and the other books of the week that we feel like talking about and um some other stuff so we've been telling you about a giveaway about some uh, sign books maybe uh some joe casey signatures and a big old walking dead book we're gonna have a little update about that at the end of the show so make sure you listen to that and again, before we get started, we're going to be talking about the stuff that happened in the book. So if you haven't read them yet, we don't want to spoil them for you. Either come back later or, or spoilers be damned. Connor, you had the pick this week. Go. I had 21 books this week. Wow. Which is more than any man should ever have to read in one sitting. <laughs> but the good thing is I'm, I'm in love with comics again for whatever reason. So I loved half of them and I had a really good time doing it. There's lots of good stuff to look forward to this week. Lots of exciting things when I got to the store i was looking at the shelf and all the things i was excited and looking forward to read which is a good feeling it's a good feeling to be in your store look on the shelf and see oh i want to read that oh i want to read that and, and be excited which is nice it really really helps when you're doing this kind of thing but the pick of the week was red robin number one which is the second in a row of the new batman book picks and i talked about in my review how it's been a long time since the whole entire bat line has been good josh and i often reminisce wistfully with a tear in our eye and a far away okay. look about how the Rucka Brubaker golden age of the late 90s, early 2000s, that was probably the last time. And Chuck Dixon doing all the side books, that was probably the last time all of those books were really good. What happened to Sean Martinborough? That's what I want to know. <laughs> because that guy was on Detective for years. No one knows. Kick-ass books. Just, he's gone. He was good, wasn't he? He was. And it didn't yeah, look like was. anything else. And it was just, damn. So this month began the rebooting of the Batman books, or the restarting, the new, the new direction, the new status quo, whatever you want to call it, whatever buzzwords you want to use. Basically, it means that all the books have new creative teams, and some of them have new characters, and, and they're all new directions. And I think the thing that's impressing me most right now, and we've had three of the six, the main six books come out so far, and with more coming out the, the rest of the month, and they've all been good, is that it seems really well thought out. Which is something it seems simple, but it's not always the case in comics. Where they, it seems like they've really taken a look at all these characters and all these books and decided where these characters would go logically. These are all happening in the fallout of Bruce Wayne supposedly dying or really being in, in the past, but they think he's dead. So this is all the fallout of that. And what impressed me most about Red Robin was that Christopher Yost, who I don't really know as a writer, I don't think I've ever read anything by him before. He's he's done primarily. I mean, I've known him primarily from his Marvel work. Right, exactly. Which is and it's all like side smaller Marvel books, right? Like, like X deep X yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. Like he did, he, he did the yeah. Young X Men for a while, and um, yeah, and, and things here and there. I think he, I think he has a couple of things over at Image as well. Um, but I mean, he works, but nothing has been like, oh my God, Yost. You know, wasn't? So. Didn't he do the some of the Marvel animation too? He might have. That that sounds. Yeah. In his comics work, I haven't really read anything by him. So this is the one book we're going in. I had no idea what to expect. I kind of had an idea what to expect in terms of the writers from the other books because I know them all. But this one I didn't know, and and Tim Drake is one of our favorites. 
here at iFanboy, at least with Josh and I as a character. And here we have is Tim Drake donning the Red Robin outfit, and he is full of all kinds of emotion. If you've been following his life last few years, he's had it rough. He's had all, a lot of his friends die, his family died, and now his, his surrogate father or his adopted father died, and he's having a hard time with it. And not in a very unrealistic way. He has always been the one of the Robins who's been most like Bruce. Dick is the first Robin, but he's the exact opposite of Bruce. And that's why he works so well. And that's also why they, they would fight all the time is because he's the eternal optimist and he's happy and he's, he's fun-loving, whereas Bruce is not. And Tim, over the years, was becoming more and more like Bruce. And in this issue, you really see how that's become even more the case where he's angry, he's sad, and he's lashing out. But in a productive way, he's also decided that Bruce can't really be dead, he, whether or not that's delusional on his part or whether or not he's just such the good detective that he's realized something is not right here against all other evidence to the contrary. Or he's been reading DC Comics for years. Or he's, he's, he's a meta character and he's already read the issues and he knows. <laughs> we haven't just found that out yet, but he's going across Europe trying to figure out the piece the clues together as to wh- why Bruce is still alive. It really showed me in this issue that Christopher Yost knows a lot about Tim Drake, or really gets Tim Drake. He gets that he's the most like Batman. He gets that the place he'd run to would be Europe, because that's where he started his career. That's where Bruce sent him after he made him Robin. He was there for a year. Basically, there's a flashback in this issue where Dick is Batman, and he says, Damien's my new Robin, and Tim's like, what? What do you mean? I've been fired? He's, no, I just wouldn't feel right having you as my sidekick because we're equals. But that doesn't placate him, because now he feels like he's lost his job to the asshole, because he hates, he hates Damien. He hates Damien. So he leaves. He's mad. Now he feels not only lost from his father dying, his adopted father, but now he feels betrayed by Dick, his brother. Because, well, who's Dick to say that, like, I mean, he's been Robin for years. Who's him to say that now you're not Robin anymore? He's Batman. So? He's like the boss now. He's the new boss. Well, where does where where where's the where's the where's the union handbook or where are the rule where are the bylaws of the Batcave? They're but making I mean, them like, up, I, and there's the fractious nature of the whole thing. Right, yeah. exactly. So, also, Robin. So the, the point of the, the Red Robin costume is see, that's that's how that's how you turn that's how you make another Jason Todd, Dick. It's true. I mean, it's, well, he's got an angrier Tim in his hands. So he dons the Red Robin outfit because he says he's he's going to have to cross the line here. He's, he feels like he's on the edge, and he doesn't want to besmirch Bruce's memory by wearing the Robin outfit, so he's going to wear the Red Robin outfit, which has no real, really no real ties. To, it has, it's, it's an outfit with no real ties to Batman. It's only in our heads because we know about the outfit from Kingdom Come. But in, right. in the realm of the DC Universe, it has no significance. So. But it's called Robin. I mean, it's, it's the addition of well, a letter. But, it's, but it doesn't matter. It's, and it's, a hood. It's not, it's, it's not, there's, no, there's no R on the, on the costume. Oh, well, no, I mean, I mean a word. Was the original? Was, was it Jason Todd was the original Red Robin? Well, the original Red Robin was Dick Grayson in Kingdom Come. No, 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 no. I mean, but in, in real continuity, not in Kingdom Come continuity. And, and Jason Todd briefly wore it in co- the Countdown books, whether or not you want to acknowledge those books happened or not. Oh, they, uh, oh, they happened, right? I got, I got 52 of them to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have 52 of them to prove it. Yeah, I do. I did the whole run. I, know, I, I did Countdown. Really? Did you? I, yeah, I bailed, out, I bailed out of Trinity, but I did Countdown. Right, right, oh. you did. And then Jason wore it, and then, and then the general kid wore it in the Robin books briefly. But Where did it come from? Regardless, it's not important. So Tim, is, Tim is, is making his way across Europe trying to find clues about Bruce's whereabouts. In the meantime, he can't ignore the crime he comes across. So he fights crime, and he gets. And at the end of the issue, we see that he's being tracked by Ra's al Ghul. For some various purposes, so it was really what this was was a really strong character issue. It, was, it showed really strongly that that Yost gets Dick, and I'm not Dick. He gets Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, your child. And it's never not funny. <laughs> and Ramon Box is the artist who I didn't love on Frontline, and the first half of the first page is very similar to that style, but then then on like a dime it switches to a more clean, different kind of style from than we're used to from him. It's not as sketchy. It's a bit 
the lines are a bit stronger and cleaner, and I, I don't know why it, it was, the first page was different, but I, I, I didn't think the art was too bad. There was a couple of weird panels that he draws Damien strangely, but that's because I just read him drawn by Quietly, so it's it's odd in my head to see somebody else draw him in that costume, but I didn't think the art was too bad at all. I thought the art was, was, was worked well in the story, and it was he's, he's getting better, you can tell, from his time, what was it, two or three years ago that Frontline came out? Yeah, yeah. Much too long ago to... That was, that, that, that was a piece of shit. <laughs> well, more um, because of the story, not their art. I didn't think the art was that bad. Yeah, no, so was this, pick we... based, was, was this pick based on the, the, the bat books in general or this specific, this specific oh, Specifically, book? I was really happy to see the progression in, in Tim's character and the fact that Yost really got him. And all of the things that he did in this issue were, were extensions of the events that have happened to him in his life. And they all make sense. They, it all so makes sense internally. Is the Robin book done? This is the Robin book. Okay. So, but this is, this is an issue one. This is issue one. This is the new. It's, yeah. it's, it's Red, Red Robin. Robin, right? Yeah, Red okay. Robin. Boom. How's it? You can't be taken seriously being called Red Robin. I mean, seriously. So is he still in Titans? No, he's is gone. He's Titans? in Europe. He's left. No, he left Titans a while ago. He hasn't been okay. Titans in a while. He's See, left. I don't read these books. I just, I just, I live vicariously through you. So no, I just he, need to... he left Titans around the time where the RIP stuff started. Like he said, okay. I, I can't. I don't. I don't have time for you guys. I've left. I have to go. So he's a loner. He's a loner at this point. He's a pissed off loner who's, yeah. who's fighting crime in Spain and France and all kinds of places. Now, isn't Jason Todd going to get pissed that he's using his costume? Nah, because Jason Todd's more concerned about Batman. I want Ron. But Batman's to go, dead. No, no. I want Ron to go to a DC panel and do this <laughs> and ask really, really you should elementary moderate the DC, questions. A DC Nation panel. Wait, wait, wait. wait no, just wait. really sincere questions. <laughs> so now Superman, he's with he's with who? Did you get and like, why is he a new Krypton? Wait, what, wait, 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 back up, back up. New Krypton? What is this new Krypton? <laughs> hey, by the way, Dan Didio, I'm thinking about starting to read Green Lantern. Where, <laughs> where should I start? Looking through this issue, I don't actually, I don't, I could be wrong because I haven't looked, I'm looking through it while we talk, but I don't think people actually call it Red Robin in the book. I think it's just a branding term because in this Well, then issue, what's the point of that? What, so what do you call what do we, so so there's a big there's a big superhero scrum in Bloodhaven or whatever and, and Red Robin pops up and what do they call him? I think we'll get to that bridge when we come to it. Uh, that guy. Okay. It's that, that guy. guy. Not it, Robin. He says I'm in this costume. He doesn't say I don't know. It, it's again, it's possible I haven't looked through every other panel while we're talking, but I don't remember anybody actually calling him Red Robin out loud. Doesn't make a difference. Either way, this is not important. He's he's. Is it just I think a, it's fairly is is a self identity like, thing. It's I feel a like yeah. This should be a children's a, poem. Like Red Robin, <laughs> Red Robin, show me your. By the way, when you search Red Robin, you get a lot about the restaurant. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah, it's huge. So I Midwest. went on Twitter and searched Red Robin to see what reactions were, and it was like, oh, I went to a, pages and a, pages of people eating hamburgers. I went to a Red Robin in the in the Erie, Pennsylvania area once. Okay, thank you. Yeah. That's really helpful. <laughs> Does anyone else have a have a hankering for a for a big juicy half pound burger cooked just the way you like it with smoked applewood bacon and sauce? Uh, they're not onions? sponsoring this episode, so let's. That not sounds that. good. Ooh, they should. We should call them. Yes. That sounds good. Let's go. Do they're they, only in the Midwest, though. Do they have applewood bacon? Because it's the only kind of bacon. I'll, I'm not even sure what it is, but it's it's like <laughs> Angus beef. Whatever it says, Angus. I'll eat it. It's supposed it's to be totally better. Fine. So I was disappointed, Josh, that you didn't buy this because I think you would like you are into Tim's character. I think you. No, I, I am. I just I I'm, I I buy too many friggin' books, and then I saw that it was Ramon Box. I didn't. I, said, oh, I didn't like what he did before, and I just thought I'll just I'll just skip out on it. But then somebody Can't had blame. to come along and be like, "Oh, it's really good." So now I apparently have to mortgage my foot because <sighs> if you do that, you might win an Oscar. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I don't. I don't. If you really reference. do. That is a reference and a half. Was it a my left foot joke? Yes. 
Yes. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Foot Mor- he mortgaged his foot? That's why it didn't work? No, he lost his Let's not get into that. But okay. If you want to mortgage your foot, though, I know a guy. <laughs> My uncle. Michael Salvatore. Batman, Batman 687 is, is the first issue for, of the Batman series in this new reboot written by Judd Winnick, art by Ed Bennis, who apparently is only doing this first issue. Who got AIDS? And no one, no oh, one got oh. very funny. It's the first issue. Give them 10. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cheap. I like Judd Winnick. I'm sorry. Um, this was almost the pick of the week. If, it, if we had given scene of the week honors, this totally would have gotten it. This issue was it was the epilogue to Battle of the Cowl. It bridges Battle of the Cowl with the other Batman books. Uh, Dick is still not Batman here. It was a little weird. The timing was a bit off. This issue basically sums up Battle of the Cowl and makes you think maybe they could have just done that in one long 96-page issue. But in this issue, the scene of the week was Superman and Wonder Woman show up at the Batcave with Bruce's costume from the Final Crisis, and they hand it over, and Alfred brings drinks out for everybody, and they ask, are you doing okay? He says, am I doing okay? Silent panel, no, sir, I'm not. My son has died. And he just starts weeping. Mm. It was just, it was just, it was really well done by Winnick, really well done by Bennis. I actually give, give Bennis credit in this. I didn't hate his art in this issue like I normally do, but Winnick handles loss really well. well he handles, well, yeah. he, handled, he, he did it really well on Green, Green Arrow, Black Canary, that whole hospital issue that, where that took place when, when Connor died, and he, you know, he's handled it well with Pedro and me. Like, he does a really, he handles grief really well, and it's not over the top, and it's not too, too heavy handed. He, I made a really cheap joke that I, I feel bad about now, but you're absolutely right in that. Like he's done a lot of books like that, where I mean, and, and the funny thing is when he cut when he finishes up that stuff, it it tends to not be as good. Like when he has something really emotionally meaty to work with, then like those are when he seems to be at his strongest. Those first, I guess, four or five, you know, Green Arrow, Black Canaries were just like, I mean, they were the most emotional damn thing I've ever gotten through. Right. But uh, so I mean. So that's what actually sounds really interesting too. Damn it! You... There was a lot of crying in this one. A lot. Of, it, was, it was the um, this was this one sort of went back in time to even kind of before Battle of the Cow, where they they're first finding out he's dead, and, mm-hmm. and, and Alfred's crying, and Tim and Dick's crying, and and the, they have the funeral, but um, Dick won't allow them to have a public funeral because they, no one can know Batman has died, and he yells at them all that they're they're destroying Bruce's work by acknowledging that he's dead, and it was good. It was really good. If people know he's dead, then, then all the fear that Batman's built up over time is gone. Winnick, Winnick did a good job, but he already wrote Batman. He wrote Batman for like two years before Morrison. And he, he, he's, I really like those books. So he, even in spite of the fact that he brought back Jason Todd. And you can yeah, still say that. Around that. Everything else around that. He did, I mean, he did good sort of superhero Batman stuff where it was – you know, he did, that was like the pure superhero book and it was fun. Mm-hmm. Winnick's got a lot of different um, skills. He, it's funny. A, he's been around a while. Mm. Like I, it, it's occurring to me now that like right when I first started reading comics when, was when he first started out, and he's just like he's he's just a mainstay at this point. It's kind of interesting. Barry Ween and I and miss the... Barry Ween. That's my favorite thing he ever did. They yeah. just they just did a big collection of that. Did you see that? I've read all that stuff though. I want new. I stuff. know, but now it's collected in a, I a nice have little... collections. I could hold them at the same time in my hand. I suppose. I know, but it's got a, it's got a new cover, and they're uh, all together in one volume. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, we're already in the Wayback Machine, so let's stay there. In the Wayback Machine. So a couple of weeks ago, I, 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 I weighed in on X-Men Forever Alpha with a little five-page preview of the series, and X-Men Forever number one came out. Um, and for those who might have missed it or not know what this is, uh, this is Chris Claremont writing, Tom Grummet drawing, and basically 
turning back the clock to 1991 and uh, when Chris Claremont left the uh, X-Men title uh, titles of, of books after issue three of Adjectiveless X-Men, um, this asked the question, what if he never left? <laughs> and, and, oh, it is so right and so wrong for so many reasons. And let's, let's start with the cover, okay? Um, I was delighted and, and, and cackled to see that in the upper left-hand corner, they're using the Jim Lee team artwork like they used to do in the old cover treatments. That's awesome. I will give it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Are they also charging you 75 cents or whatever, whatever it cost back then? Uh, $3.99. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. That, so. Um, proving the point of Marvel uh, executives that we will buy, we will pay for the price increase. <laughs> um, so uh, then, moving over from the from the upper left hand corner cover treatment to the actual logo itself, it rem- I, I held this issue in my hand, and Uncanny X Men came out this week as well, and I held this issue and Uncanny X Men in my hand it, it, side by side. And it made me realize that, like, goddamn Marvel for just feeling the need to change things because that 3D red and yellow X-Men logo is as perfect as it gets. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been on the cover of Uncanny for years, and I think they should bring it back. So that's what, that, that was my thought of that. Um, that has nothing to do with the story. Um, then on the cover, you've got the, the, the new t- the, the team, you know, and it's, uh, you see Rogue and Jean Grey and Nightcrawler and Gambit and Cyclops and, and Kitty Pride and Wolverine and Lockheed with Kitty Pride. And oh, right there in the middle, there's Sabretooth. Uh. Yeah. Does he show up in the book? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he was in the movie, though. Right. Does he look like movie so, Sabretooth or like comic book Sabretooth? No, he looks like 1991 Sabretooth. So he's all furry and whatnot? Yeah, this has nothing to do with the movie, so you just get I know, the purchase the movie. I know, but, but um, you said he's, he's on the cover and not in the book, so I'm trying to figure out why. I ask questions, like you would my, at Bandidio. I know, I understand. And my guess is that he, they're probably going to bring him into the fold, but... Wait, but, Sabretooth oh. is on the X-Men? Yeah. But he's not bad? Now, how, well, he, how he, does he, Sabretooth well, relate to the X-Men? There's a, there's in, a loaded question. Oh, Jesus. In, oh, in, in what sense? No, no, I'm just going to leave it open like that. All right, we'll come back to that. That's it. So, like getting getting into the getting into the book, um, I gotta give Claremont credit that he has adequately rewound his brain twenty years to the way he, the way these comics used to be written. That's, that's uh, one way to look at it. There are there are narration boxes. Uh, there are lots of thought balloons. Um, you know what? You know, like there's one a couple of panels where you're just going from character to character and you're getting what they're thinking. Um, which they don't do in the X-Men comics that much anymore or any comics that much. Did he ever um, stop writing like that? I think he did. I, I, I think he did. I don't um, think so. I, I don't know. I honestly, honestly, I kind of gave up on the man a few years ago. So like, I'm not really up on his, his, uh, his oove, but, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's close. Uh, it's close. I'll give you credit. Um, but so this issue picks up uh, after issue three when uh, Magneto is defeated and they're going after Fabian Cortez and and uh, Claremont seems to be really pushing hard on the Cyclops Wolverine Jean Grey triangle. Um, loves it. He loves it. Loves it. Loves it. Loves it. Um, we we have more nonsense throwaway references by Kitty and Nightcrawler about. Being glad not to be on Excalibur anymore, which kind of like, well, what, like, no one remembers they were on Excalibur. Why keep bringing it up? It's just like, um, no explanation as to Gambit's name being Remy Picard. <laughs> um, we have uh, Beast as he, the old blue furry beast, not the not the lion beast, which is nice to have that back. 
Um, Nick Fury seems to be taking a pretty active role in this. He's uh, now going to be the government liaison to watch over the X-Men. Um, it's time to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he's in a suit in this. I think he's in a different role in Shield. He's more of a, a more of a, a, he's a pencil bureaucrat. pusher. Yeah. Yeah, more of a bureaucrat. Um, uh, all in all, it was a good, it was a good issue. That the, the team goes out looking for Fabian Cortez. They fight. They, you know, there's subtext. There's subplots going on. I mean, it. it, it I had fun. Re- I had fun reading it. It's a guilty pleasure. I'm trying to make an example of because we all know you can't go home again, and we know that. And I'm trying to make the example. It's like of, you know. Like okay, like did you see? Did you guys see the Zach Morris on Jimmy Fallon thing? Yes, disturbingly, yes. Yeah, like, and that was it was funny. It was amusing, you know. But like, it, you know, it was it was stupid. But, How long does know, this like, go on for? I'm sorry. That was funny once. How long does this, this series go on for? I have no idea. Presumably, but, um, <laughs> as long as as long as people will buy it and let's on it, it's an X Men title. Right. Exactly. So I mean, uh, issues in it. First, yeah. first issue in it wasn't awful, and it was it was actually kind of fun. So I just want them to t- tell me where in continuity this fits. It doesn't. It's oh, on its okay. own. It's a joke. <laughs> you crazy bastard. I feel, um, like, I feel like they should have gotten an artist more similar to Jim Lee's style than Tom Grummet. Well, actually, you know what? I, I was reading I – was, as I was reading it, Tom Grummet wasn't that bad. For some reason, I was like, oh, Tom Grummet. But, like, no, I, I like him, but he's just his style is not, not nearly – I mean I just think of that eight, the 90s X-Men in a certain style, Jim Lee style. The, yeah. The guys are all with the image and, and, and homage studios, like that style. But Tom Grumman's good, but he was just a different style of art. I just don't – I think they should have gone that way. Yeah. One of those, one of those guys has got to be out of work. <laughs> oh, God. This is, just, this is just mad genius. It's not even genius. It's just mad. It's just insane. <laughs> it's right up your alley. Yeah, totally, totally up my valley. I can't, I can't, I can't deny it. This is, this is. I mean, and and that's the thing is that you had you know, Gambit talk, you know, referring to Storm as Stormy, and and with a little bit of an accent. You had a lot of uh, telepathy talking, a lot of Jean Grey Wolverine talking behind everybody's back through, you know, through telepathy and um, Cyclops being completely oblivious to it. And one scene where. Uh, Jean Grey's and Jean Grey and Wolverine, they all got hurt and, and Wolverine's checking on Jean Grey and you got Shadowcat like standing at a distance and she's thinking, poor Scott, if I can see it, can Scott see it too? Like, it's just like, oh, it's melodrama. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Oh, is this over? Good enough. Yes. Let's end it. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> of the three of the, I had four books in the Pick of the Week contention that I held in my hands at the end of the, at the, end of the night and uh, one of them was Flash Rebirth number three which is continuing the miraculous run of, wow, this is totally living up to all the hype and expectation I had for this series, and I'm loving every minute of it. Yep. Great, greatest moment in the week of comics that I was reading. Was when he smokes him? Yep, when, when, when he turns to him and goes, those are for charity, and, and he takes smokes off. smokes Superman, Superman and Flash, uh, Flash basically Barry Allen runs off, and Superman runs after him, and they're running, and it's a kind of a, a, a nod to the years of when Superman and Flash would race each other, and they would do it for charity, and for they, whatever reason, every about four or five years, they think of some reason to make Superman and Flash race, and um, and Superman won a couple times, Flash won a couple times, but in this one, when it mattered, Barry said, "Hey, showed him, showed Superman where, where who who was the fastest man alive." Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, you yeah, know, was this was it was very much an issue where they had to get somewhere because like the first <laughs> one set set things up and the second one also did. Um, and this one I felt was <laughs> well, it was more like utilitarian. So <clears throat> there was some cool moments and stuff like that. In it, but it was actually taking care of things and 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 like we were moving forward. Um, huh, ironically enough, it's really hard not to pun when you talk about this book. I don't know why. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the stuff that I really enjoyed about it was the. 
the the Flash family stuff. I think that <laughs> that's one of the really things that's strong about Flash that you don't really realize is that it's never usually a book about the one character. It's it's how yeah. they all relate together and. You know, there's there's so many ways that that Jesse Quick and Johnny Quick and and all this could just be silly and kind of useless, but um, they make it really interesting. They make it all fit together. Uh, by they, I just mean uh, Jeff Johns, I suppose. Um, and the he made me miss Jesse Quick. He made me miss. I remember yeah, you know, yeah. she was such, she was such an important part of those books when Wade and and was uh, was on them. It was was it also when he was when Jeff was on or just Wade. Uh, uh, no, she was there when she was there when Jeff was on it too. I mean, uh, either way, she was as important as Wally was back then. Mm-hmm. You hey, know. W- w- Wally deemed her to be to take to be the next Flash at one point. Right, and I and yeah. I just remember you forget that she's in the JSA, but she's not Jesse anymore, and you you sort of yeah. forget, forget that. And it was good. I think some of the stuff that was really cool in this was um, sort of just the like the explanations of where everybody fits in it, and the idea that that like for the reason that Barry Allen got sucked into the Speed Force was because he went too fast, like. Right. And and how that works, I just think on a mechanical level, is really interesting. Um, you know, it's funny the the big villain reveal in this uh, was in this one, and it's it's pause if Zoom. you want to. Yeah, Professor Zoom, um, which which was remember was a long surprise. time. Remember, a lo- I wasn't because remember a long time <laughs> ago when uh, we talked to Jeff a couple of months ago, and he said that there was clues on the front cover of Flash Rebirth one. Um, yep. And then somebody wrote in. I wish I had their name right now, but somebody wrote in and was like, "I think I figured it out." There's this long explanation about it. it. Says Professor Zoom on there. I never actually found that. I think I see. I did. It says, it says I did. Zoom I did. in the middle. Yeah. 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 Um, but but we we checked. We followed up on that, um, and that was indeed the case. So I guess I I knew it was coming. Um, but still, like it's one of those Zoom is one of those characters who I actually haven't personally read a lot from. So, but it's just such a neat design. Like, I just love the reverse flash thing. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the next part. Zoom, Zoom's scary. I mean, Zoom's, Zoom has fucked yeah. up Barry's life, and so when he shows up, it's very much like the Joker showing up because yeah. he, he's he's not just a bumbling bad rogue. He's not Captain Cold or or mm-hmm. Boomerang. He he will. He's the ulti- He's the ultimate. He's the ultimate arch nemesis. I mean, he is the the antithesis of the Flash. I mean, he's the reverse Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and 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 that's why, like, you know, the whole big analysis of the lightning on the first issue and it's spelling Zoom. I mean, I mean, I mean, I knew it was going to be Zoom. It yeah, even without the clues, it had to be Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be, it, mainly because also because of the trial, you know, Bar- Barry Allen was put on trial for murdering Zoom and all like all like the the history of Barry Allen is is you know like yes, there's Mirror Master and Captain Cole and all that, but it all comes down to Zoom. So mm-hmm. I decided yeah. with this issue that that the best job in the DCU and also in the Marvel universe is statue builder. <laughs> yeah, because there's always these big statues and they're always getting broken. Yep, and, and they, they know they're yeah. always got to be rebuilt. So some dude's got the contract for like the Avengers. Oh yeah, the guy—the guy in Keystone City is just—it's just, and it's just it, like, oh, wait, you need another yeah. Hulk. All right, what size? Okay, another one. All right, <laughs> more Thor. Gotcha. Like, like right here. Like, this is like a big. These in the beginning, the Jesse Quick and the Liberty Bell. St- I mean, the, the Johnny Quick, and the Liberty Bell. St- those are like thirty big statues. Yeah. <laughs> that's not um. That's no I mean. I mean that's not. That's that's no easy feat to make those things. So you're saying <laughs> they really are. They're huge. <laughs> so you're saying that somewhere there's that guy and and his and, and he'll be like at the office and it'll be like four thirty or so. And like his wife will be at home. His wife will be at home watching the news, and she'll hear out of the see out of the corner of her eye that there's like a fight in downtown Keystone City, and she'll just go, and then the phone will ring, and she'll go, "I know, okay, I'll see you Sunday." 
Well, the the, th- the thing about it is, is that uh, what's what's rough for the statue building is that in the comics, when you see a statue, within two pages, it's getting destroyed. That's what yeah. I mean. Like you always, yeah, they're it's... always broken. So the guy, you know, they're fighting for the contract, like the guy on retainer yeah. for the. Yeah, the exactly. Avengers, the... They've got that park outside with all the old members in it, and there's it's the always young... getting blown up. There's the young upstart statue company in Brooklyn that wants the business, <laughs> and so they're undercutting the prices. And <laughs> oh. I need another jack of hearts. It's got to be 18 feet tall. Oh God, yeah. The Flash Museum alone. Apparently, the Fla- if you talk to the Flash, you get a statue in the museum. So it's a little a little known fact. I'm hoping to exactly. get a statue in the Flash Museum at some point. Yeah, um, that'd be nice. We should probably move on more. <laughs> um, I like statue talk. I could talk about it forever. Are either, exactly. Are you guys still? Reading? Oh, oh, you you need you need to go to the statue district. <laughs> uh, I like granite. I'll be honest. <laughs> I like Grin. I'm, I, I was a Marble Man at one point. but uh, So are either of you guys still reading Unthinkable? I am. What do you think? Was, was, was I ever reading it? What I is this? Know. Unthinkable from IDW. It's, oh, Boom. I'm sorry. Yeah, Boom. I get those companies mixed up. I admit it. Um, from, is it from Boom? Yes. You're right. I'm holding yes. it in my hands. You're boom. absolutely right. Um, it's about a think tank who has to come up with nightmare terrorist scenarios. Oh, I heard about this. I'm not reading it though. Yeah, you heard about it on, on your own website. And um, <laughs> wrote an article. We wrote an article about all the unbooks. Right. Yeah, yeah, I read that. That was in my right. RSS feed. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't read books. Mark Sable's um, the writer. He wrote some. He wrote a really good Batman Two Face story yes. last year. Um, I I really. I'll be honest. I really like the concept, and I really like the way it's set up. But I, I'm not loving the actual telling of the story. Well, it's interesting. The first issue. I, I just. Uh, I caught up on issue one before the day before reading because I, I didn't read it when it came out. And um, issue one was the setup, which was the th- think tank got together and they thought up all these doomsday scenarios. And then issue two, the end of issue one, issue two is when they all happen. So now the, the mystery is who brought the think tank together and who's causing all these, who's basically got all of their ideas and, and implementing them. And again, and, like I like the plot, I like the characters, I like the setup, I like everything. But like I'm I find myself keep getting like there's some storytelling pro- I don't even like the art but I don't know if it's actually mechanically doing a really good job in combination with the, with the art with the writing a little bit like I want to like it but I find I find myself it's a little more work than I want it to be mm-hmm. I might be. it's definitely not told in a conventional sense things happen very quickly mm-hmm. um, but I'm really enjoying it. I like the conspiracy theory aspect of it I like you know it hits too close to home at point, some points so that makes it more compelling mm-hmm. and and it's definitely strange, but I don't know if it's a good or bad strange yet. I think it's too soon for me to tell for myself, but yeah. I do like that it's really different, and I like the idea of it. And I like the, the fact that Mark Sable got him put in a watch list for writing this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of awesome. That's almost enough. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just one of those books, like, I really love the idea of, and there's bits of it. I just want to like it more than I think I do. Which I've been, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it the first, you know, bit of, of, of run to see if it's intention, you know, mm-hmm. see how it plays out the first arc. But well, then I feel guilty about it. Though, because I don't like it that much, and I wonder what am I doing wrong. But that might be my thing. It could just be you don't <laughs> like storytelling. That's all. Maybe that's yeah. it. But the art is actually really, from a stylistic point, not so much a nuts and bolts storytelling standpoint. It's really like I was going, wow, this it like occurred to me, like wow, this is this is really, really good. Like it's really gritty and it's 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 it's, it's unique. I like yeah. I do I like that definitely. I, I like a good mystery, so maybe I just I mean, that could over a lot over make me overlook a lot of other holes in it. But I do like. I do like conspiracies. Did you still enjoy Unknown? Which one was that? It's the Mark Wade one. four Unbooks ones. It was the, it's the Mark Wade one also from Boom. About yes, the I did. About the lady Sherlock Holmes. 
I do. I started to read it and I just stopped. I was like, you know what? I don't want to read this. <laughs> nothing against it. Nothing bad. I was just like, I, I, you know what? I just don't want to read it. That's all there is to un- it. And we move Unwritten on. unknown, un- un- uncanny X-Men. All oh, kinds of That's rights. rough. If you have lots of unbooks that you want to read and you need to buy them every month, you can get them at Discount Comic Book Service. Um, it's, the, it's a great online retailer where you can buy all of your comic books. They carry all the books that start with un. You can go to dcbservice.com to check out all of their whole catalog. They've got monthly specials up to 75% off. They discount all the major publishers, about 40% off, DC, Marvel, Image, the like there. They've got flat rate shipping, $5.95 for all U.S. orders. So no matter how much you order, flat rate $5.95. So it's a good reason to stock up on your order. Anything that comes out in previews, anything that you can order at a normal comic book store, you can get from Discount Comic Book Service. They've got over 5,400 trade paperbacks in stock and ready to order. You can track your orders online so you can see what the status is and when you're going to get your box full of comics. So if you don't have a good lo- local comic book s- store, you don't need that fix every Wednesday, you can kind of wait a little bit. Discount Comic Book Service is the way to go. So go to dcbservice.com and check them out. And we're going to fly through the next set of books. Fantastic Four 567 was the fourth almost pick of the week book, mostly because the art was gorgeous, I think. Well, that. with with that, with ninety inkers, it better be gorgeous, right? And I think I think we're getting <laughs> the the heart of. I think up to this point, the art's been unusual for for Brian Hitch. Yep. it's been a different style. But I thought this was like old school Brian Hitch style, and it was and the middle section was all told in two page spreads. Yeah, and there was just some gorgeously detailed, fantastic pages in there that I loved. And it was you know it's Mark Miller. It was big action and it was fun. Doctor Doom got his ass kicked and. I, I flipped. I flipped that when I read it because because what happened in it I thought actually happened and I couldn't believe it happened off panel and then I saw it didn't happen. So right. it was yeah, but it was great. It was I I really enjoyed it. It was yeah. a it's a fantastic capper. I think was this their last issue because they're the fill in start next next issue. I can't keep track. I don't know. But I just I, I was marveling at every pages because it was just it wasn't just big pages. It was detailed backgrounds yeah. and all kinds of stuff happening and it was just fantastic stuff. Did either of you buy JSA versus Cobra number one? Yeah, I did. This is written by Eric Troutman, who was the co-writer on Checkmate uh, for the Checkmate. last sort of chunk of it. And Don Kramer was the artist who did a really good job on Nightwing. At the end, he's getting much better. And I really like this a lot. This, is, this brought back the feeling of Checkmate, and it, made, it, it brought the JSA into a more spy role. And it really, I'm not really looking forward to the new JSA team. I'm more going to buy it out of curiosity. And this is sort of what I'm keeping my JSA fixed with this. It's a six-issue mini. I thought cool. it was pretty good. I thought that, uh, again, I think Don Kramer is a guy who... Used to be a little bit boring, and and he's getting really much better and good as he goes. Um, yes, the arts, the arts. He used to be like a journeyman, but now he's like actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, Wolverine number seventy four was, I think, the first book I've ever given one star to. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, here, here's how not to get me. Okay. Don't um, aside from all the stuff that they've done before. Don't give me a freaking Daniel Way crap story about Wolverine with bikers for like two thirds of the book, and bury the good part with the Jason Aaron stuff at the at the end of it. Like that, like that. A, you already lost. I flipped through the story to see that the Tommy Lee Edwards artwork was beautiful. I didn't even read the word balloons, and then I got to the Jason Aaron, Aaron story, which honestly was good, but should have been combined with the previous first part that was in Wolverine seventy three or whatever in one issue. And it just, would have been it, a really strong issue had they done that. I like just that. They, sh- they shit all over this title, and now they're going to change it to this dark Wolverine with the with Doc and whatever, and it just uh, it's it's sad. It just makes that was me the sad. Last issue of Wolverine. This is yeah. this possibly cannot, mine too. I cannot wait to be at a party or something where you end up talking to Daniel Way because it's so going to happen and it's going to be yeah. awkward and I'm going to take pictures uh, proof, <laughs> proof number 20 this is the uh, that's, well, half of it actually is the story of of uh, Proof back in the day um, in being in part of a circus or a side show when he was Gulliver like 
when he was Gulliver. I, I really liked this one. The last one, I, the first one I liked a lot. The second one, eh. And this one I really liked a lot more. I, I think the, the character interaction of, of where he came from in the early stuff, and, and there's a really sort of painful scene in here where there's like a, a lady Bigfoot. And, rough, rough oh, scene. Yeah, that was rough. He, and and he's trying to be like, listen, the guy, the husband is treating you like shit. And, and you saw that in the, in the previous issue, and she just, oh, she she cuts him down terribly, and, and it really, like, affected me. And then he sort of apologizes for it and walks away sad, and I just... Well, you, that, that, was the time, that was the time period. I misspoke. You, you know that this is all going to end very badly, and I don't, I, like, I want to see it, but I don't. Um, I, I really dug this. I don't... It, it seems to me like they're doing this like half short story thing in this because so that Riley can keep up with doing the whole thing. Mm. I'm guessing that's that's just my guess. Um, but it's funny that the the second backup story was done by a, a guy who sent in some fan art, um, and it's really good looking. It is good looking, and also tied in really well to the main story. I mean, I mean, it's it's basically the B story, but in its own separate section. Yep. It could have easily been going on behind the scenes of this first story. And I liked I, – I'm agreeing with you. I liked the first issue a lot. The mm-hmm. second part I didn't like it like, almost at all. And this part I liked a lot too. Um, it's, again, this book's just not being done like any other book out there. So it's kind of has – you have like weird expectations for what an issue is going to be. Yes. Like it's, it's sort of little, little bits of anthology and backstory. Just, I really liked it though. So this is the strongest issue ever in a little while. Yep. All right. Uh, unwritten Next. number two, uh, the first issue from Vertigo by Mike Carey and Peter Gross, the team from Lucifer. Number two came out uh, full so- full price this time at three bucks, um, and I I really still dug this. I loved the the multimedia aspect of of the different pages where they put in like the Google results and the idea that this one guy's life is just falling apart. Um, it's become more like at first there was like a, a real world element to it, and now it's like a uh, more of a fantasy element, but that, I mean that's what you're going to get with with a Mike Carey book from Vertigo, um, and I, I actually just really enjoyed it. And and I think Connor put up a post about how people are still seem to be reading it, at least with iFanboy. Um, well, if you look at the if you look just in the iFan base community, uh, you know the first issue was a dollar. Over 400 people per- pulled it, which is for a Vertigo book is is unheard of, at least on iFanboy. And then uh, again, the second issue, full price, almost 400 people bought that. So I think. The experiment worked because it was backed up by a really fantastic comic. Uh, I liked the, I liked this issue as much as the first one, mm-hmm. although I still think I'm going to go to trade because it's really dense and there's a lot to keep remembering from month to month. I can see that. Um, Crossing Midnight, which was his, was kind of hard to follow from month to month, but Lucifer always worked for me. So either way, but it, it's good to see people giving it a shot. I was very happy about that. And cool. Bunk, Bunk Moreland was in the, was in the middle of it. I think I missed that. You told me about it. I have to go back and look for it. On the message board page, one of the commenters' screen name is Bunk Moreland. Jimmy! <laughs> Jimmy! I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Jimmy. Okay, so go to, go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics where you can see all the comics that came out this week and you could uh, log in, you can do your pull list, and then you can come back and you can rate and review your books. And uh, we want to highlight a couple of user reviews for oh, this week. <laughs> and our first one comes from Akamu, who uh, reviewed X Factor number 44 by Peter David and uh, something Santucci, uh, Mar- Marco Santucci and Valentine Delandro. Um, and he gave, uh, Akamu gave the story a 4 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5. And the general I fan base at the time of recording, uh, 0.13% made it their pick of the week. And uh, Akamu says, there aren't any real woe moments in the book, but I've been enjoying the, p- the pace of character development in X-Factor, particularly since it stopped having to tie into your civil secret war reign invasion. I'm not even annoyed at the we're in the future storyline, which I usually find tepid. 
And I have to agree with Akamu. This is it's X Factor is just rolls on and is and a couple of month a couple of issues ago I was saying how I was enjoying it and how Madrox jumps to the future, but we've got the same stuff you know now going on with the with the rest of the team and it's just it's working. So I like it. And there's even a noir joke at one point where um, Madrox finally breaks down and cries. He's with Layla and he breaks down and cries about the loss of the baby and and Layla's telling him it's okay and he goes, No, it's not. There's no crying in noir. Which is kind of funny. So mm. self-referential. I like yes. that he used uh, tepid. That's a, that's an yeah. excellent word to use in your review. Uh, Jester, hey, he was in last week's. Um, he had had a little review for Green Lantern Corps number thirty-seven. Store was a five out of five. That's that's quite high. And the art was a four out of five. And five point eight percent of the users had this as pick of the week at the time of recording. That could change. before before you get to the review real quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you saw the variant cover for this issue. I did not. It was fucking awesome. Like, really? go look up the variant cover. It was this great type treatment of Green Lantern Corps with, with all with, – with Kilowog and some other Green Lanterns in front of it. Like, I didn't get it, but I saw it, and it was like, oh, God, that was really nice. So, okay, carry on. Did you just say corpse? He did. Let's, roll, let's move on past it. Let's oh, my that's God. That's what it says. Corpse. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. This is the review. This series keeps getting better and better. Tomasi is doing a bang-up job, especially with handling several plots in one book. Each plot point could easily be separated into its own comic. Sodam sacrifices himself using the ion power to save his people by changing Daxim's son to yellow. Kyle, Guy, and the rest of the Corps contain the escape prisoners on Oe. Ash and Sarek team up to track down the corpse... That was hard. Of the Anti-Monitor <laughs> and, the Indi- and the Guardian Scar initiates Blackest Night... That's right, Blackest Night is now upon us. Um, Jester's dead on. It was a lot of stuff that happened in this book, and I was like, I was really impressed at the size of everything. I was like, I was impressed with the the idea that he could handle all this. It didn't seem like he lost. It was just so much in this issue, and he really laid it out well. It's like it was that comic book idea of 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 something being really big in a book like this. So like he changed the color of the sun to make the entire planet super-powered. That's a big, big thing to happen. And yes, Blackest Night started in this. It was awesome. I was like, oh my god, it's happened. Yes. And it was creepy. So, good on you, Jester. Yay. And Peter Tremassi. Yeah, him too. So, go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics and write a review and we'll read it on a show in the future if it's any good. So, write them good. Write them good. Netflix has over 100,000 titles with no late fees, and they got free shipping both ways, and they have Blu-ray titles for a little bit extra, and they got fast delivery, and they got a majority of their shipments shipped in one day. Plans start as low as $4.99 a month, and if you go to www.netflix.com slash iFanboy, you can get a two-week free trial, and that gives you all the movies you can handle. Do you use them on your personal laptop? <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> that was... That was just for us. Uh, next up, we get emails, and we answer them because, well, otherwise you got to write back, and that hurts my hand. Uh, first up is Scott S., and he says, What exactly do you see in JSA? I love fables, and when I heard Willingham and Sturgis were taking over, decided to read up from the trade justice to – what the hell is that? Justice be done. Justice. Oh, I'm sorry. There's some figures. Uh, I've made it through The Return of Hawkman, and I don't get it. It's been pretty much just one half-baked cosmic villain after another with little to no character development or backstory. I'm about to give up or jump way ahead. Any advice? Yeah. um, Stop reading fables. (laughs) 
Um, no, no, you, you, I, I, you might have gone way too back. I think you're re- you're reading the JSA uh, trade paperbacks, which are good, but don't represent the the amazingness that we've been loving for the past couple of years. You want to go pick up the Justice Society of America trade paperbacks by Jeff Johns recently, and then you'll see kind of what we've been going about. But if you're a Fables fan, a Willingham fa- Fables fan, and you're moving to Justice Society to follow the writer, I don't know if that's the best decision. What? Why? <laughs> Well, because they're, they're two completely different books. They're still the same. Oh, God. This is, this no, is- no, no. Come on. There's a big difference between Just Society of America, Golden Age Heroes, and, and the legacy of DC Comics superheroes, and fucking Little Miss Red Riding Hood. You know? Like, I mean, like, they're, diff- it's, they're different types of books. One's a Vertigo book. One's a superhero book. Okay. And I read stuff that Greg Rucka does no matter what. It's the exact same concept. Uh, but it sounds like he's pretty I – mean, it's, it's, well, what I took from what he intimated in the, in the email, it sounds like he doesn't normally read superhero books. That's the well, assumption I'm making on my part. The good, the good news for him is that actually – and I, I heard Matt Sturgis say this on, on Around Comics um, – was that the way that they're taking this is it's, it's, it's a new book. They're not trying to, I guess, continue the Jeff Johns thing because that's sort of you know, almost pointless. Like he'd done such a good job with it. It's like they're, they're doing a book – now that is a JSA book by Willingham and Sturgis. Um, and so the tone isn't necessarily going to be the same or the, you know, the, like the kind of book that it is may not be exactly the same. There'll be the same characters and things like that. But, uh, I mean, we'll have to see what it's like. It, it's, you know, at the end of, end of July, I think, is when you're going to see it. Honestly, I've torn if I'm going to keep reading it. You I'm haven't gonna, I'm even looked at shot. it yet. Yeah, I'm on the, right now. I'm gonna give it a shot, but I'm on the fence. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I just don't know, you know, because 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 I liked I, I know Justice Society in you just the said that it's a completely different kind of book, so it shouldn't matter. I don't read fables. You just said it's a completely different kind of book, so it shouldn't. That's what? exactly. Ah, oh. confused. I'm very confused. But for in terms of Scott, it sounds like Scott. It's not for him. I mean, I, all the stuff yeah. he doesn't like, I like. I like the cosmic villains. I, I think it's full of character development and backstory. It's almost all. It's all it is. And it sounds like he just doesn't like the characters or the stories or whatever. But so I never, I never read the old JSA, so I don't know. I mean, they're they're different. I mean, they yeah. they were. I mean, Johns was writing them, but the art was different. The story, wow. the types of stories were different. And and you know, I've and you know, and David Goyer and James Robinson, and there were other people involved. And there are other characters involved. And I could see reading starting with the Return of Hawkman for any type of fan is a hard thing to read. Yes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> also, you know, like Jeff Johns is a is a stronger writer now, by yeah. a lot. I mean, like I mean, the work that he's doing now, and the, you know, they're doing a couple of years ago is a lot better than stuff he was probably doing six, eight years ago. Yeah, but those books are still really good back then. I mean, yeah. it was it was still his best stuff. But anyway, I just it just doesn't sound like that's the type of stories that he's into. That's all. But I think it's I think it's fair to be on the fence about continuing to read it. I mean, I just thought, you I, know, no, it's totally fair, yeah. totally fair. Yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, so if you have a, a question for us, you can choose the email contact at ifanboy.com. Uh, we love to get uh, hear questions from you, and we might read it on the show. So write to contact at ifanboy.com. All right, our first uh, we got some voicemail. It's been a while since we've done some voicemail, or did we? I can't keep track. We did, of we did a lot last week. We did, we did, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, it still keeps coming in. A ton came in since last week as well. Our first one's uh, got a question about something that bugs the hell out of them. Hey, this is Ryan from Texas. Um, normally, I don't really complain much about continuity-related issues, but for some reason, it's really been bothering me lately that Miss Marvel, in her own comic book, died, and was the comic book was taken over by Moonstone. But yet, she's still popping up everywhere else in the Marvel Universe, in New Avengers, and several other books that I've read recently. <laughs> Have you guys noticed this, and is it bothering you, too? Or should I just... Let it go and enjoy the books the way they're written. All right, thanks. 
Finally, someone else can feel my pain. Ryan, I've been up like I can't sleep because of this issue. You don't even read Miss Marvel. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Dirty liar. Although it is still bothering him. It is, is bothering me to no end. It's a deeper problem. It would also be better if you were reading Miss Marvel. You haven't seen you haven't seen that my apartment is covered with pictures of characters and strings connecting them and and logos of books okay, as I try to keep track of Marvel continuity. This place literally looks like Kevin Kevin Spacey's from Seven. It's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you should you should let it go. I think this let is it coming go. from Ron. That's pretty amazing. I know. You can't. You, you can't. You, you've got. You, you, this isn't a battle you can win, there, Ryan. All right. So our next voicemail has uh, got. Uh, I don't even know who's it from. We don't know because he didn't say who it's from. You should always say who it's from. Hey guys, uh, been a big DC fan for many years, but because of you guys, started picking up Amazing Spider-Man and all of the Marvel Cosmic titles, which are amazing. So I was. My question is. What three uh, Marvel titles outside of those are must-reads? I'd ask about a fourth one, but in lieu of picking up a fourth one, I'm going to use that money to become an iFanboy member. Just don't tell my wife I'm picking up more comics because she'll kill me. Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Take care. Bye. It's a good question. At first, I thought it was going to be tough to answer, and then I was like, Captain America? I'm guessing New Avengers? And help me out. X-Men Forever. Okay, not that. No, not, that one. <laughs> not that. What are the uh, must reads? I mean, that, not, I would like, have said I would have said Captain Britain and MI thirteen, but yeah, not so much. But the fuckers canceled it. Yeah. Um. Uh. That's a good question. Daredevil. I don't know. I mean, when is the last time a Daredevil book even come out? I don't know. That's a good question. It's been a while, hasn't it? It feels like it's been feels a while. Like it. Well, I almost, I, I almost, got, I'm, I'm nervous in suggesting more books because. You know, like he's got a pretty good track record, and I, yeah. you know, like yeah, you know, like quit while you're ahead. Well, well, you know what I would say yeah. is rather than adding new books, go back and get like the trades, yeah. the first traded from Captain America and the first traded from the New Avengers Breakout. Those, you know, if, like if you would ask me and not put a stipulation, I would have been like Nova, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Captain America. Easy. Spider Man, Spider Man, which he, which yeah. was not Spider Man. I would say, and I would throw New Avengers in there. New Avengers is consistently good mm-hmm. in my mind. So, um, it's fun ongoing. So yeah. there you go. And, if, and don't and don't worry, we won't tell your wife. No, no, we it's won't. Your, your secret safe with us. Shh, hush, if, baby. Shh. Wow, that wow. was creepy. That got, that did get creepy. He's going to take his money back now. <laughs> if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can call eight 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 fanboys or three two six two six nine seven. He didn't say his name, but now we understand why. He didn't want to get in trouble. It's true. In, in that normally case, we don't like to do this, but it was a good question. But yeah, normally yeah. we leave your name and tell us where you're yeah. from and keep it short. His was thirty seconds exactly. He got to the point. How beautiful that was that, honestly. So thanks for the voicemails and emails. They help keep the show going. We wanted to give you a little update on the giveaway that we talked about. We have a group of things to give away. And a big giveaway. We were going to uh, have a deadline of next week, but we're going to push it a week. No, um, we were going to have a deadline. The deadline was this week. Oh, right. It was and this we were, week. We were going to we announce the winner on this show, but things have changed. Things have changed. We have more prizes. More prizes. More, more prizes. So the, what, what we were talking about was uh, we are giving away a grand prize of the Walking Dead Compendium, which is that big brick of every issue of Walking Dead that's come out up to a certain point. Like, it's ridiculous. 40 First eight um, grades worth. Yeah. As well as signed copies of Godland and Nixon's Pals by Joe Casey. Yes. And then we had uh, some runner-up prizes of signed copies of Godland and Nixon Pals that some runner-up we're going to get. So, you know, we're going to have multiple winners. But wait. Uh, but wait, there's more. Chris Burnham, the artist uh, Nixon's Pals, has been kind enough to provide sketches 
artwork, original artwork from the artist of Nixon Palace to include with the giveaway. So we're going to because we know there are a lot of Chris Burnham fans out there. We're going to extend the contest another week. Yes. So mm-hmm. if you haven't signed up for an iFanboy membership, you got a week to do it to be eligible to win these great prizes. What's, what's the cutoff date, Ronald? The cutoff date is become a member by 5 p.m. Eastern time on June 18th, Thursday, June 18th. You got to be a member by then. That's we're going to at, at 501. We're cutting the list and we're going to pick the winners from that list. So make sure you sign up by June 18th, five o'clock. And you guys know what the membership is. It's the money that we use to help keep going right now. So if you have a little bit of extra money to donate and you want to donate the cost of a comic book per month or more, we've gone through all of that. A lot of times you can go to ifanboy.com slash store to see what that is. And we want to thank all the members and things like that. And, and these are the kinds of things that you can win. We're going to do this on a regular basis, as you know. And there you go. So thank you. In addition to that, uh, if you go to ifanboy.com, you might have noticed that we had a little bit of an announcement earlier this week and that we launched the iFanboy mobile site. So if you go on your iPhone or your G1 or your BlackBerry or any other kind of smartphone type thing, head over to um, m.ifanboy.com. You will see a phone-optimized version of iFanboy. And a lot of you have been asking for this. Now it's even easier to take your pull list to the store to see what you want to buy. You can read articles on the site. You can comment on the, on the site. Everything you can do on the, on the straight-up browser, you can do on your phone now. It's so a little small. Yeah, but smaller. So this is just another example of the stuff that we're working hard on, uh, hard for, hard with. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But 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 he took dick with him, right? (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's, he's getting good at taking dick right. um, no, but so we're, we're, but so we're working we're working super hard on ifanboy.com and, and like Josh mentioned the, those memberships keep us going and keep the lights on so uh, if you like the mobile site and you haven't become a member yet please consider uh, chipping in we really appreciate it you know what we get a lot of questions and things on Twitter and stuff from people who ask stuff that we deal with all the time on the website there are still people who don't go to the website Yes, yep. it's all there. Uh, we've talked about all, tons of books, articles, things. It's all been handled on the website. There's great stuff that goes up all the time, the written reviews, uh, things like that. You know, like, God, if we get another letter that says, where do I start with Green Lantern, I'm going to kill myself. Because I, <laughs> I wrote a thing. You just search, where do I start with Green Lantern, if you want to know that. Um, it, it, but there's all sorts of really good writing from ourselves. And, and yes, we're that good. And other people who write for the site. And you pull your books and all that great stuff. So make sure you get to ifanboy.com. Go to ifanboy.com slash about. And you'll get all the social network links. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. Yes. And go to Facebook and search for iFanboy. Become a fan of the iFanboy page. If you're on Facebook, it's a great way to stay in touch with what's going on with iFanboy. And while you're at iFanboy.com and you're at the store checking out the memberships, you can also check out the Power Responsibility Limited Edition t-shirt, which is available for $15. We only got a small amount ordered, and we have them flying off the shelves, just like with the Herm shirt. So if you want to check those out, there's still some available. You can get them at the store. They're in blue and they're in red. There's all kinds of sizes. They're different sizes for you. It's the first shirt that we've done that I wear a lot. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Thanks, Jerk. No, like wow, the other ones, great. like I'm in the band, so I don't want to wear the shirt of the band, but like I really right. like that shirt. You're in the Herm yeah. band? I'm in the, shirt Herm came out, the shirt came out great. It was my, really my good. My Herm so. shirt shrunk, but either way. <laughs> did the shirt shrink or did something else expand? A little combination oh. of both. <laughs> so don't forget to check that out. Also, the original iFanboy intern t-shirt that Josh refuses to wear except for in a random mini back when we did the minis. You can get that at revision 3 Revision3.com slash store. Not an there's, there's, there's the script mistake. And if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash Amazon, you can find a entry point into the world of Amazon.com to buy comic books, graphic novels, video games, CDs, DVDs, clothes, lingerie, food. Amazon's got everything. And when you go through ifanboy.com forward slash Amazon, it helps us out in the process. Go to ifanboy.com forward slash Amazon, do all your purchases through there. We all win. I told you that lingerie thing in confidence, jerk. Oops. Sorry. We can see everything you buy, but we can't see who buys it. So it's really a lot of fun. Tell them that. <laughs> we don't know who buys anything. 
<laughs> Somebody bought panties at one point. It was like years ago now, but we still it was remember. Like, it was, and it was around Valentine's Day. It was. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a camisole panty set. It was, I want to I wanna <laughs> stress, guy we cannot there. identify who buys this stuff. That's so true. I don't yes. want people thinking that the, we just we, we see a long list of every purchase that's been made. Through our thing, but and that helps us. That helps us prove, you know, show that okay, well, you know, like we're showing, you know, like show what books are, are popular and things like that, and you know, so like the, we're not looking too closely at it. To so. the person who bought the LCD TV, thank you. you. That's yeah, excellent thank work. You. Yeah, I hope you're enjoying a, your high definition. Again, it's programs. anonymous, 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 anonymous. Oh, you've made the point. I know. I just want to hammer it home. That okay. I don't want to dissuade people from buying things through the store that might be embarrassing. Well, listen. He's good at taking like KY. things somewhere. You want to hammer it Somebody home. did buy KY once. I know. <laughs> <laughs> also oh. awesome. Anyway, so there's a video show that's not nearly as exciting as looking at the stuff that people bought on Amazon. Uh, you can get that every week at revision3.com slash iFanboy, or you can watch it on TiVo if you got one of those, and pretty much anywhere on the web that they aggregate video. This week, uh, this past week, was the autobiography show. We talked about all sorts of really interesting autobiographical books, some that are more autobiographical than others. And then this week coming up, a show that I, for one, am very excited about. I was very glad we got to do what we're talking about, Kurt Busiek's Astro City. Yeah, one of my favorite books of all time. Oh my. If you have any questions, like we said earlier, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. All questions, comments, complaints, anything is welcome. Bring it on. And Fuckers. finally, motherfucker. Jimmy? We like to have <laughs> reviews from iTunes because reviews on iTunes help people find the show when they're searching for comic book podcasts. So if you can please, there are thousands and thousands of you who have not done it yet we appreciate those who have but please if you haven't it takes five seconds go to itunes write a review say you know say you like the show or don't like the show either way thank you very much helps people find the show this one or the video show i ran out of steam at the end there i just and sort of lost it talking, though. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy! someone <laughs> someone bought a lot of baby clothes that's nice. is it gordon i be mm. end it <laughs> right, so until next week i'm ron I'm Connor. And I am New York. You were dying to do that, weren't you? Kind of. He's Josh. No, New York. These are the oh, five fingers was... of my hand. I'm New York. <laughs> I, re- I, I drink a your milkshake. This... I'm New York. Come on. Never feel this way again. Never just